I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The 11 to 1 Show. A Dunshockland man picks up a very special Oscar for playing an international man of mystery. More on this story after Blondie on 11 to 1. Blondie, one way or another, kicking off 11 to 1 this Thursday morning. Sinead Brazel here. You can get in touch 086 1800 658. Now, there was lots of razzle dazzle recently for a family in Dunshockland because this is a really, really lovely, lovely idea that Laura Lynn have done. And the red carpet was very much rolled out at the Odeon in Charlestown for a really magical event. It's the Laura Lynn Oscars. And Daniel McClure and his family from and Shockland were one of six Laurel Lynn families that were really shining on the red carpet. So what they do is uh, they create a digital it's like a digital film or a digital storytelling I suppose but um, it's, a, it's a movie essentially and Daniel he played a starring role. It was International Dan of Mystery. Daniel, a master of deception. Also a brilliant pilot, celebrity philanthropist, uh, to name a few professions he's claimed over the years. So his friendship, kindness and sense of adventure gave him a claim to fame. And at the age of 16, he found himself finally in the front of uh, the uh, camera. And uh, this um, documentary, it was a Netflix documentary as well, catalogues uh, a roller coaster ride like you've never experienced before in search of truth and justice but this is all part of the Laura Lynn Oscars it's a digital storytelling initiative and um, it provides Laura Lynn children with life limiting conditions and their families a platform to create their own unique movie and they get support from industry professional writers so then it culminates of course in a glamorous red carpet event and uh, the idea for the Oscars project uh, which is now in its sixth year starts started off as a film workshop for siblings, which the Laura Lynn play therapist at the time had organised. And uh, then that became a much larger family focused event. And it's a great idea because it brings the whole family together to, to do this. So the project itself is coordinated by the play therapist Michelle Hartnett and uh, Lorna Collins as well. Uh, she's the project coordinator and uh, they get lots of support as well from industry professionals and volunteers. So each of the families create a movie that is unique to them and reflects their own unique personalities and the common theme of course across all of the movies at the Oscars is that the starring role is played by the child that has the life limiting condition. So there you go. Daniel McClure and family in Dunshockland uh, were very much a big, big part of that magical night for the Laurel Inn. What a great idea. Such a brilliant idea. And, you know, for 
families like this as well, you know, it must be so challenging to try and actually do things together as a unit and as a family, because I would imagine an awful lot of the attention and care goes on the actual child, of course. So to get the whole family involved in something like this and to create a movie and to get this recognition is absolutely fantastic. So there you go. International Dan of Mystery and his shining moment at the Laurel Inn Oscars. Um, now, speaking of... Um, Movies uh, last night went to the Odeon Cinema in Dublin to continue the absolute roller coaster that is the Dublin Crust roller coaster for, for Baz Black and the movie. And there was a lot of emotion last night. A lot of emotion because the guys are entering, I suppose, their third week now in cinemas and it really this is unprecedented. This doesn't happen in Irish cinema. You know, an independent film that gets no money to go on and have a run in cinemas like this, it really is fantastic. So, so big, big deal for Baz and the crew. And there was a lot of emotion last night, but it was great to be part of it. Again, watch out for it. It's popping up. <laughs> it's popping up nationwide. You wouldn't know when you'd catch Baz's movie, but do keep an eye out. They have a social media, Dublin Crust and social media, and all of the latest show times and bookings and everything are on there. But get in quick because it sold out completely last night in record time in the Odeon Cinema and I don't know how Baz and the cast are still upright because they are exhausted from all of the publicity for that but it's fantastic and you know I did take a little sneaky snap in the cinema because I forgot to when it was in Drogheda but I did take a sneaky picture in the cinema of LMFM on the big screen looking absolutely class absolutely brilliant so that's our little connection as well of course with the movie so um, yeah continued success to, to Baz and the guys now getting back to the music here's Elton John Is it a cosmic event? Is it a meteor crater? 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 <laughs> is it a meteor crater? Or is it just a big hole that someone dug in the sand? Well, all eyes are on Port Marnock Beach for this so-called cosmic event. I'm going to bring you the details of that. And we've got music from Anne-Marie on the way. The 11 to 1. Is it a cosmic event or did someone just dig a perfectly round hole in the sand? I don't know. Apparently a dog walker made a shocking discovery on an Irish beach this week after finding a crater he believes that could have been caused by a meteor strike. And uh, this is in Port Marnock Beach. He noticed this rather large hole in the sand. Now it is, look, it is a fairly large hole to be fair, but I have seen my husband and son dig holes that size and fill it with water you know, on the beach. Now, it is perfectly round. Like, you know, that's kind of hard to achieve unless you're going smoothing around the hole. Uh, Also, he found a black rock he thinks might have come from outer space. And Virgin Media even went down to report on it. And uh, here's a little snippet of that report. Huge, mysterious crater that looks out of this world. But is it? The unusual hole on Port Marnock Beach stopped local astrophysics enthusiast Dave Kennedy in his tracks yesterday, and he's certain the small but heavy rock inside it came from up above. As you can tell by here, there's a scorch mark on this side here, so that would have been at the angle that it came down at. And uh, it is weighty. I'm not sure if it's composition, but we're definitely going to have to find out. It looks like a pebble. (laughs) Well, not a pebble. It looks like just a normal stone. That's a bit black. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I'm not sure about this. Rory Stories has a brilliant, <laughs> he has a brilliant video on his page with that report, but also some guy literally in a hole 
as well. It it does look like someone possibly could have dug this. I don't know. It like apparently though the reporter held onto the rock as well and said it was heavier than what it might look. Um, it would be sort of heavier than what you expect to pick up in the area. But look, you know, I've often come across you know, that kind of black sort of stone sort of stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Look, it could happen. It could happen. Apparently now it is getting tested to see if there was, you know, a meteor strike in Dublin. I, I don't know. Other people were saying they found other similar holes in Malahide and other beaches. But again, you know, have they met dads on the beach? Because that's all that dads on the beach do with their kids is dig huge holes. Like, I mean, I'm just thinking our dads be behind this cosmic event or is it truly a cosmic discovery I don't know Anne-Marie Shania Twain unhealthy on LMFM's 11 to 1 how would you like a nice break away I think you deserve it I have a fantastic competition running on 11 to 1 offering you the chance to win a weekend for two at the World Matchmaking Festival in Bundoran. It is running from September 29th up until October 8th and we have two nights bed and breakfast in the fabulous four-star Allingham Arms Hotel. That's on the opening weekend of the festival, 29th and 30th of September. So not long to wait as well if you're kind of fancying a nice autumn break breaks it up doesn't it between now and Christmas and we are giving you free admission to any of the shows taking place that weekend so you could be going along to the Tumbling Paddies or Johnny Brady Kieran Rosney and David James or the brilliant ABBA tribute show ABBA-esque and since it's all about matchmaking we're talking about celebrity love matches so yesterday we had Beyonce and Jay-Z today I'm going to describe a famous celebrity couple you need to tell me who am I describing so yesterday we had the world of music this today is the world of acting so this famous acting couple caused a stir at the 2022 Oscars for all the wrong reasons as the husband of this couple slapped comedian Chris Rock as he said it was to defend his wife's honour despite the slap he picked up an Oscar for his role in King Richard She's not done a lot of acting recently because she's concentrating on her successful online TV show, Red Table Talk. Can you name the couple? I think that's fairly obvious today who that might be. Caused a stir. The 2022 Oscars. Slap. But he still picked up his Oscar. That's the husband. She's got a successful online TV show, Red Table Talk. And she's had a lot of roles as well. Who am I talking about? Who is our celebrity couple today? 086-1800-658 and we'll pick another finalist later on. There's the script with superheroes and LMFM's 11 to 1. Our own superhero, legend, local magician Killian O'Connor has uh, officially cut the ribbon, I'd say at this point, at the new Lidl store in Betty's Town. Creation of 30 new jobs there. Absolutely fantastic. Best of luck to uh, the, the guys and everyone and the team that is opening that uh, new store today. And uh, yeah, it, oh yeah, it was 8 a, at 8am 8, 8 this morning. So he was even busy before school doing that. So there you go. It's officially opened. And um, I know Chris was doing a special competition as well on the breakfast show all this week, giving away vouchers and nice prizes there on that. Now, um, we spoke to this guy, oh, it's a good while ago now at this stage, um, but for his fantastic show, Astronaut, which just captivated audience, such a powerful story, which was inspired by the takeover of Apollo House by Irish activists back in 2016, I think that was, protesting the homeless crisis. And now he is going to be bringing a new show to Dublin Fringe. It's called Columbia March. And uh, this time he's taken on the troubles and sectarianism in the North. We're going to be meeting actor Joe Wright after these. Oh, 
on the 11 to 1 show. His spoken word multimedia theatre piece Astronaut captivated audiences. It was a powerful story inspired by the takeover of Apollo House by Irish activists protesting the homeless crisis. And this story still resonates today, but as the the crisis continues in Ireland. But talented actor and writer Joe Wright has shifted focus now, this time to the troubles and sectarianism in the North in his brand new show, Columbia March. It's going to be performed at Dublin Fringe Festival next week. I'm delighted to have Joe in studio with me now. How are you getting on? Thanks very much for having me, Sinead. Really appreciate it. Great to have you in studio. Now, last time you were in LMFM, you were chatting about Astronaut, which did so, so well and not surprising because not just the subject matter that was explored in this play, but I think how it was handled in the piece really, really affected people. Was it anger regarding the homeless crisis that that ultimately inspired the story? Did it come from an anger sort of point? Did it come from an anger sort of point? I think uh, for me, it came from an anger for so long of not doing a lot a lot of like we came up that all happened around the recession and stuff Mm. like that so a lot of people were kind of downstruck by that they weren't really up for a fight Um, and then when I went to England I just I seen this kind of whole activism thing kick off everyone was up and everyone was marching through the season where has that been for the last couple of years and I thought well here's it we're turning a corner we're doing something so I was like what can I do to because I like I was in England I couldn't do much there at the moment so I decided to start writing I gathered stories real life kind of happenings that have happened to certain people in the country and I put them all together for a kind of one narrative spoken word piece about one particular character set in Dublin on one night trying to build a rocket ship to bring her back to the stars yeah and yeah. It, I think that was the, the the framework of that the the tenderness of that I think is what really kind of hit so home with people were you surprised by the the reaction because there was such a reaction wasn't there from audiences to this yeah uh, this, like uh, what I put it together uh, to kind of to kind of get non-theatre people going to it so I had to create a kind of theatre piece because it was one man it was I wanted to create a so spoken word I changed the rhythms changed the flows and stuff like that melodies to engage a younger audience and I put multimedia into it so actual footage of things that were happening in the city at the time so that really engaged. And then obviously there's a, a good, sad, sombre mm. part to it. So there was plenty of tear, tears throughout the night. Yeah. Get them crying. Yeah, get, them, <laughs> get them crying. That hello once I say, either get them laughing or get them crying. You have them in your pocket. That was great. <laughs> so in terms of the writing, was that inevitable for you? Were you always going to turn your hand to, to writing or was it frustration of being between jobs as an actor that you decided to pick up the pen? Um. I think I had a conversation with a great stage manager in Dublin called Marie Tierney and she said the next kind of wave of things that's going to happen in the country is people are going to be putting on their own shows and she says you have a knack for it she said to me so I started writing in college and I says well I did poetry when I was younger so I think I naturally led into that kind of spoken word rhythm thing kind of style Yeah. and I went to a great called a few evil days in the Abbey and I seen a scene. It was a great scene where it looked like all the punctuation had taken out, been taken out of the scene, and the actors were just riffing over like three or four different conversations at the same time. I was like, "Oh, this is brilliant! Yeah. I need to be able to do something like this." So I started writing different styles and different kind of pieces and trying to kind of find my own little niche, and that's where that kind of astronaut, I suppose, came. Yeah. About, yeah, and what a debut! I mean, yeah. like as you say, for for somebody that was just kind of starting off, it really was it got such acclaim all over the place, and and so so deserved. So, talk to me about this because we've gone from the very uh, you know grim, uh, serious uh, situation of homelessness to the 
I don't want to say light. Mad, no, madness. That's the word. <laughs> madness. Madness. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you're still you're still tackling difficult subject matter yeah, in this one. Yeah. Columbia March. Uh, sectarianism, just for a bit of light release. It's, uh, it's kind of the... So, in this one, I wanted to tackle it's somewhat of a topic. So, there's two kind of topics I kind of touched on. Uh, the old kind of... I say fair, like the old kind of fables of mm. gun running. Yes. And the old channels that they set up back in the day. So, there's a channel from the north of Ireland to the peak of Scotland so you can see actually see it on a good day or even on a bad day you can still see Scotland and they used to ship in the dead and ice ship bits and bobs over back okay. and forth so there's, a, there's an idea of that this man has delusions that the war still exists up the north and he's a bit he's a bit innocent so yeah. he's nice he's a good yeah. lad and he gets tasked to go to Scotland on an inflatable raft for the great cause of Ireland and obviously he gets lost, the storm kicks in and it's it go, it's like Castaway meets Life of Pi meets <laughs> Podge and Rodge. <laughs> <laughs> I love that yeah, description. Yeah, That's yeah. absolutely fantastic because he goes off on a, an inflatable raft. Ah, oh, the, the epic journey of the inflatable raft and a set of armbands and set you, ah, oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you bring something that's set at sea into a theatre like Bewley's Cafe? Because that, to me, is a very unusual yeah. location for this. Well, Beulies, yeah. So uh, the show itself probably wouldn't go into Beulies on a normal, yeah. on a normal schedule because of the style of piece that it is. But thanks to Dublin Fringe, they've worked out a deal with Beulies, and we've had nothing but great kind of uh, Colm and Dave are in there. Like they've like we can't wait to get the show on because yeah. it's just absolutely bananas. It's such a fun, mad piece. As regards kind of the sea aspects of it, like I had to put a lot of that down to Owen O'Sullivan, who's also a part of the show. He's he's absolutely brilliant. He's a great actor in Dublin. Um, we kind of set this. Uh, a style where we know it's a show. Yeah, everyone in the room knows it's a show. The people on stage know it's a show. Just let's see how it goes. That's okay, kind so of the, you're breaking lots. Oh, of there walls is there's, and all that sort of stuff. I think there was a great little snippet. I won't say it was like it's not the fourth wall rather than the fourth dimension. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, absolutely class. So you, I was going to ask you because the astronaut was very much a, a one man. This yeah. one, it, it's not a one man. Ah, but you can't tell me too well, much. Well, yeah, well, so. It's not a one man. Um, obviously, Owen O'Sullivan is a part of the piece. Yeah. You'll see, you'll see him on the night. He's he's absolutely fantastic. Uh, anyone who likes Owen's work, you'll definitely love him this night. And we've got the original Camden cast that came in from England the other day. Um, so if you do see them about the town, give them a shout, take a picture, and you'll uh, they're lovely folks. We're going to be doing tourist expeditions with them throughout the week as so. well. Oh, fantastic! Because yeah. yeah, this did have a run in, in, over there, and yeah, it went amazingly. Yeah, we sampled it over there mainly because of the content that is like. Well, the, I was going to yeah. ask, how does an audience in Britain That's, respond to something like this? Yes, because there's a, so the way I've written is that it can be flipped on both ends, so you can be. Taking the, the mick, let's say, taking the mick out of the, the Catholics and taking the mick out of the Protestants, okay. basically. It's as long as you're making fun of yourself. Oh, exactly. So there's, there's a bit yeah. of back and forth between it all. So the idea is that I wanted to see the more poignant jokes and see how well they landed, and they landed really well. Okay. If any, the notes that were given over there throughout the, the, the Camden Fringe run was certain kind of bits at the start we, t- we could tighten up, which we completely, oh, we've, we've done great works in this rehearsal. Okay, so you're, you're you're raring to go. Oh, we're, we are. Look, we've the last rehearsal today, and if anything, it's just kind of getting through, keeping the keeping them all running because we're yeah. Monday is the Monday is the kickoff day, and we're, yeah, we're going for. It. So, in terms of acting, then from a comedy standpoint, yeah. like that, there's so much that you you mentioned there about timing and things like that. Yeah. Is it really challenging as an actor, or are you like dying chomping at the bit to perform comedy? I th- I think I prefer. Well, yeah, I, I think. Depending on if you if you like feedback from the audience. So mm. when I'm doing something on stage, I'll 
when I get a bit of feedback on the, from the audience, I know, okay, this is, it's it's a good room, everything's great. Kind of like, people like stand up, yeah. kind of get that kind of feeling on. When you're doing something a little bit more serious, everyone's listening. Oh yeah. yeah. So you're just like, I don't know how this is going. <laughs> they're like at the edge of their seat. Like, it's not until the end you see a few tears and you're like, oh grand, I got them. <laughs> <laughs> no, com- yeah, comedy like like I said, beats and stuff like that. And yeah, uh, one of the reasons I'm working with Alan Alan's like it's, as regards comedy, he's fantastic. So he he knows beats drop. So I'm to get to work with him doing that is fantastic. Like yeah, and yeah. it's it, 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 like do you find as well? Somebody said this recently. With every job that you do, you just grow and you develop so much as, as an actor. Do you find that yourself? Even if it's something that you've written yourself, yeah, you find new you find new bits and bobs in mm. it. Like when you get someone else looking at you, oh, I didn't mean that. That could have worked over there. I'm like, oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah, uh, own, when he came in, he looked and says, well, let's flip that on the head. Let's try this with it. Like. It was like an agitated scene. Mm. He's like, no, try that with a smile on your face. Let's see how that goes. And okay. Suddenly, like, I'm like, oh, this is a whole different setting. This is a whole different kind of piece. And obviously, there's a lot of that going on, a lot of chop and change because of the boat and the sea and the, <laughs> the room. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and that's the great thing about the, the, that's the play part, isn't it? As yeah. an actor to get to kind of, you know, really help us believe that you're on this raft yeah. in the ocean, in the middle of Blue Beauty's Cafe. And absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. So you know, you're you're. What do you hope then? Uh, oh yeah, the other thing I was going to ask you before before I ask you that is the central character. So Jer, he's yeah. as you say, let's call him colourful, right? He's colourful. Yeah. A lot of layers to him. Uh, is he based on anybody or a few people, or can you say is he based on anyone in particular? I think the innocence is based on a few of my own friends, if anything. Okay, <laughs> watch out for yourself, people, if you come and see Joe. Good, good late turn, folk. Good late turn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the. The actual idea of it is the character was that when I started writing it, I was writing a show called Daft at the time. Mm. And Daft is like another piece about the housing crisis which had gone on. And I tend to kind of, instead of getting more serious, I tried to kind of break a bit of comedy. So yeah. I'd, I'd take a break from that and start writing Columbia. And when I started writing this, it was just an, an, a natural accent that just started coming out when I was reading. I was like, this would be great in this. Let's, so let's let's try this. So I went down to Cafe Nero down on West Street. My cousin, uh, Gary, who's Gary Doyle, is in the area, a great photographer. He uh, he was like, well, why don't you why don't you play on the colour orange? And why don't you do these? And okay. like, what about the boat? So he started coming a lot of ideas, a lot of these kind of little tidbits. So before within a couple of weeks, I had a whole script and we're just... Down, down the road laughing at it like oh, fantastic this this has to go and and as you say there's there's going to be moments where we're going to really feel for this character as well obviously yeah there's yeah. like there's a lot going on with him isn't there in yeah training? yeah there's a there's a an epic journey a love a love story uh wartime me- memorabilia sort of stuff there is there's puppetry there's everything going on with this <laughs> one <God love> <laughs> there's lots to see there is so what do you hope then that the audiences take away from the performance great time yeah, yeah. The, the whole point of this piece was that it could be like I know it's on a Beaulieu's and I can't wait to perform. It's, it's the stage I always wanted to perform in. Um, but the whole point of this piece is that it could be performed in a pub. Or yeah. It could be performed. I wrote this essentially after COVID because pe- venues were closing of down. Of course, yeah. And a lot of places were closed, and the pubs were kind of people were scared and stuff like that. So I thought, well, let's get people back into theatre, but let's bring it like a gig setup. Yes. Let's bring them to a pub. Let's do it on a Tuesday night. Yes. And um, this piece is like so small, like it's a show in a bag technically. Where you could bring it anywhere, pop it up, and just have a have the crack with the people in the room, and that's the, that's the essential idea of it. Like, listen, we need a bit of crack. We yeah, do. Yeah, you're the yeah. man. To bring it to us. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Listen, best of luck with it in Fringe next week, running from the 18th until the 23rd yeah. in Beaulieu's Cafe at Theatre and FringeFest.com for all the details. Joe, thank you so much. Thanks what do you want to say? Can I mention one more thing? It's yeah, of course. In late it's my little goddaughter's birthday today. <gasps> Fabulous, uh, Lily G. Happy birthday! She is four. She oh, is, a big age. She is the essential. 
uh, inspiration for the madness put it that way she's <laughs> the madness well Lily happy, happy happy birthday to you and Joe thank you so much thank for, for joining much, me in the studio thanks a million the 11 to 1 show for you LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 Going back to 1956 and IBM introduces the Ram Mac 305, the first commercial computer with a hard drive that uses magnetic disk storage and weighs over a ton. And today is an interesting day. Boss Employee Exchange Day, right? So this is the solution to every day in trodden wage slaves prayers your boss gets to swap places with you and you get to boss them around I'm all on board for it LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows creating the perfect home is a journey let us guide you visit our Drada, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms discover more at senatorwindows.ie you too with the sweetest thing on LMFM's 11 to 1. News at 12 is approaching, but after that we're going to meet the primary school teacher from Ashburn who picked up gold at the World Taekwondo Championships recently. The 11 to 1 show. A girl guiding survey asked girls aged between 7 and 21 what they'd most like to achieve by 30 and I don't think their top priority will surprise you too much. More details on the way. I'll be waiting. Keen to grow, I'll be waiting on LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. I hope you're keeping well. Now this is interesting but I don't think people will be surprised by the result of this survey but it's the girl guides they did a survey now interestingly they did a survey like this a decade ago so 10 years ago they asked girls between 7 and 21 what they would most like to achieve by 30 and 10 years ago having babies and a partner was the top priority now however young girls would rather have a house than a husband yeah majority put Owning my own house as their top priority. So you'd even think, okay, whatever about the older ones. But even the youngies, like the little seven-year-olds, they're obviously picking up on things and they're going, owning my own house, top priority. 52% want to become homeowners as opposed to 48% who want a partner or get married. Having a worthwhile job and earning lots of money also featured highly as well, while 33% said they wanted to have children by the age of 30. So priorities massively shifting for young girls today with the house being the the top priority which is you know so telling isn't it of our times you know they they must be picking up on 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 what we're talking about and when you see a survey like that you go oh my god i really hope it happens for you because you know we were talking about this with joe right it's just it's shocking the the you know the level of stress and hardship and hard work and sacrifice and everything that goes into trying to get a house and so many people don't have that luxury they really don't so this is the top priority for our girl guides um so interesting i'm loving as well that they have um a worthwhile job now that's interesting isn't it having a worthwhile job as opposed to just any job as such you know so career being hugely important and earning earning well earning well high hopes and high dreams and aspirations they have and no doubt, you know, the Girl Guide's such a fantastic organisation who will offer them steerage and guidance throughout all of that. You know, absolutely fantastic. It really is. But there you go. 
Very interesting. A telling survey of our times. It really is. Now, uh, here's a... What are we doing next? Oh, yes. It's celebrity news with The Buzz. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Max. May Muller spoke to the BBC this week about being in the Eurovision for the UK. She'd been tipped to do well in the competition, but it didn't work out that way. Here's what she said. I mean, I will always look back on it as just I learned so much and like no matter what the outcome was like there were so many wins in that and I never went on there to I never went on there to, to win you know I, I kind of knew that wasn't going to happen but I went on there to like connect mm. to share this song that I loved and that I'd written and hopefully people would relate to it and I think they did and that's all I could have ever asked for so and the support I felt like that's what I will that's what I'll keep with me, you know. Demi Lovato has revealed that Cool for the Summer was about hooking up with a famous woman. She says that people are going to wonder now. Matthew McConaughey says that his wax double at Madame Tussauds New York is all right, all right, all right. Speaking on his social media, he couldn't get over how real it looked. Hey, wow, I'm looking in the mirror. And I thought that as I got closer, it was going to become less realistic, but it doesn't. It becomes more realistic. And as it starts emanating like it's... Alive, the closer I'm getting the detail, eyes and face, from the lip purse, it feels more alive than it does even further away. Nice work. From each angle, too. From each angle, too. (laughs) It's not eerie. It's actually very cool. That's The Buzz. I'm Max. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. What is it about that man's accent? I could totally listen to it all day long. Absolutely brilliant. Matthew McConaughey there. Want to say a big, big hello to our local celebrity now. Yeah, very well known around these uh, parts. Sheila Maloney. She's from Julianstown. And uh, this is coming in from lots of love from Valerie. Say a big hello to her and tell her I hope she's behaving herself. Oh, she always behaves. Can you please play a request for her? And it's coming in from all the girls as well. In Naval Ireland on Shop Street in Drogheda. Absolutely, I can. And if the perfect song just for Sheila it's Candy Statton Candy Statton their young hearts run free now it was a case of treble the success for Ireland as three talented fighters took home medals from the International Taekwondo Federation World Championships recently and one of them was primary school teacher at St Mary's National School in Ashburn Sarah Leanne we're going to chat to her next The 11 to 1 show There was treble the success for Ireland as three talented fighters took home medals from the International Taekwondo Federation World Championships which took place in Finland recently and taking home gold to the Royal County was a talented lady from Ashburn, Sarah Lehan. She took part in the women's 55 to 60 kg weight in the sparring round beating off competition from Norway in the final with an impressive 4-0 win to take the gold. Now Sarah comes from a well-known family of fighters from Ashburn with sister Jenny already making great strides in her boxing career hoping to represent at the Olympic level next year and her other siblings all compete in taekwondo events as well but I'm delighted now to have Sarah Lee Han on the line with me now how are you getting on Sarah and a big congratulations thank you so much thank you I'm over the moon I would imagine that the celebrations were mighty over the weekend for yourself and the clan absolutely yeah I only came home late Sunday night and straight back to work on Monday so um 
big celebrations will be happening this weekend. Okay, yeah, because you know people you're very dedicated to your job, uh, which we're going to talk about as well in a little ta- a little while. But tell me first of all, because you come from a well-known family of fighters from Ashburn, there is absolutely no messing with the Lehan clan. That is for sure. Where where did the love and interest in in Taekwondo come from? Yeah, so I suppose my brother, my older brother, he would have started Taekwondo when he was younger, and then I suppose my mom and dad just popped us all in one after the other and um, we haven't really looked back since. Now, I'm the main one that's still competing in Mm. Taekwondo. The rest of them did get involved throughout their years, but um, I'm the one that's mainly um, still competing and training in Taekwondo at the moment. But as you said, Jenny is... um, now on the Irish boxing team and she's flying at the moment she as well. She really, really is. But, you know, it's it's such a disciplined sport, particularly, you know, for, for a young child, uh, you know, to, when you're taking it up in Italy. Did you take it to it straight away or did you find that sort of aspect of it being quite disciplined challenging? No, I think, you know, from the beginning I fell in love with the sport and, you know, when you're younger you only do like you know two classes a week and mm. as you get older that increases and increases so at the moment I'll be training five six times a week and um, sometimes twice a day as well but no I think the love of the sport has kept me in it and um, yeah no I, I love it so yeah and like like most kids you had other extracurricular things that you were doing you were involved in GAA and dancing as well but ultimately the, the taekwondo took over yeah 100% you know if I had to choose between any of the four taekwondo always won and um, so, yeah, I didn't really stick to the other ones for too long. But uh, yeah, this, this was the one always. Yeah, this was the passion. Absolutely. And and did you find like when you were starting out particularly, was it was it quite male dominated or was there a good mix of uh, girls and guys taking part in this? Yeah, definitely. When I was younger, um, there's definitely way more males involved in sport. But, you know, in the last few years, it's definitely becoming 50-50, especially in my club. Um, we would be like the largest club in our association in Ireland. And I can say that it's definitely 50-50. I've been so lucky that I've had um, so many female training partners, um, which obviously helps. But um, definitely in the past, it was definitely way way more male-dominant. But Mm. right now, um, definitely 50-50. Even in the younger classes, there's lots of girls involved, which is fantastic to see. Oh, it really is. And to keep girls in sport as well is something that I've been talking about quite a bit on the show over the last few years. Do you find that, do you find that once they kind of reach the teenage years that they start to kind of drop out of the sporting? Again, maybe in the past Mm. that would have been the case, but definitely in the last few years, you know, females are really sticking out, um, sticking out with sport and, um, you know, staying involved and competing abroad and, Actually, just in Finland as well, so I won my individual um, category. Yeah. But the senior female, the Irish senior female team, we also won our team event. Oh, amazing. So um, just, just, that just shows, you know, that everyone in Ireland, all the females are, you know, just as strong as each other and it's great to see. Oh, it really is. And like when you have people like yourself that, you know, are doing so, so well on a world stage like that, it's so inspiring for the next generation. It really, really is. And, you know, when you, when, when did you start taking part in competitions? Like what sort of age did you start doing that? So I started up when I was seven. So I was 21 years ago. So I've been training a long, long time. So I would have started off with just, you know, Irish tournaments. So there's three major ones a year. Um, but then I got my black belt when I was 14 and then um, I've been on the Irish team since then. So I've been competing abroad internationally at European and World Championships um, since then. So I've been all around the world. That's amazing. So, and is that quite quick to get a black belt, you know, for at just 14? That seems, you know, like it would be, like I always see it, see it in myself like that, you know, it might be older, like say 16, 17, 18 even. It was, were you quite young getting that? 
Um, that would probably be the average age. Oh, is it? Because at that okay. point, I'd be already training seven years. Okay. Um, so, you know, you work your way up. So you start at white belt and there's yellow, green, blue, red, and then black belt. Now, there's tags in between mm. each one of them. But no, because I was training for the seven years, um, it would match up. And um, yeah, so 14 would probably be the average age. And, and did you always sort of hope that you would one day represent Ireland at a, at a world champion level like you have? Yeah, 100%. So, you know, growing up and getting through the belts, I suppose the dream was just get on the Irish team first. Mm. And then, you know, once I got on the Irish team, then, you know, it's okay, world champion. That's, that's uh, the goal. Um, and I'm so lucky to say that I have achieved it. Yes, not once but twice because uh, With, you, yeah. you, you did, was it back in 2017 and took home, was it gold as well at that stage? Yeah, that was a really, really special one. So that was my first world title that I won. And it was actually the first... Um, World Championship, well, any championships at all, actually, that Ireland... Um, oh, amazing. That Ireland... Um, sorry, I can't even speak now, sorry. You're that good. Ireland had um, done in its own country. So yeah. it was amazing that I had, like, you know, my family, my friends, everyone there actually got to see me win on that um, in that competition. So that was really, really special. Um, and that was also the first... In 2017, I won my first European title as well. That was earlier on in the year. That was in Bulgaria. So that was a really, really special year for me in oh, 2017. That really was, absolutely. And, and something that you'll, you'll remember forever completely. So, so tell me exactly what's involved in the competition aspect. So you're taking part in the 55 to 60 kg weight category. Yeah. So and mm-hmm. as you say, the, that, that, that was the final match that I uh, mentioned there that was the, the individual. You had a couple of, of fights that day, didn't you? Yes, I did. So I actually had five fights in total. So my first fight was against Puerto Rico. Then I fought um, Romania. And actually, that was really special as well because I went to the European Championships earlier on um, this year. And I actually lost to that girl okay. in my second round. So, yeah, that was really special that I, I bet her in my second round. But when, she come, then, when you come face to face with her again, is there that trepidation? Do you have that nervousness? Of, oh, God, not this one again kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, when you're standing across from each other, you're yeah. going, oh, God, like, no, this can go either way. But, um, no, I, I I took it away, thank God. And then my third fight I had, I was against Sweden. My semi-final then I was against Netherlands. And then my final I was against Norway. Fantastic. And, and what's so, going through your, Yeah, getting getting around everybody, absolutely. And and what's going through your head when you are, like, you know, starting and you're, you're as you say, facing that opponent, opponent? Are you sort of, do you have any positive affirmations or what's going on with you? Are you just solely focused on, right, let's just concentrate on technique and, and, and nailing this? Yeah, well, if I'm being totally honest, I try not to think too much at all. I try to, yeah. you know, be really present and just focus on the task at hand. But definitely in the morning time before I leave, like my hotel room, I'd um, have a few, a few quiet words to myself. Mm. And yeah, just like reinforce, like, you know, how, how hard I trained, how much time and effort I put in. And I knew I did the work. So I just had to perform at my best. And um, I knew once I performed to my best ability that I, um, I would be able to take home the gold. And thankfully I did. Yeah, absolutely. And, and in terms of the training, because there's so much, you, you alluded to it there, you know, five, six nights a week, then twice a, mm-hmm. uh, twice a day as well. There's so much that's involved in competing at, at this level. And as well as that, you really are sacrificing quite a lot, aren't you? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, if you want to be the best, you're going like, there are going to be sacrifices that you're going to have to make. You know, there's been many events or birthday parties or different things that I've missed throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, obviously training will always come first or my sleep will be really important or whatever it may be. But, 
you know, all the sacrifices, they're worth it in the end um, when you're on top of the podium. So I wouldn't wouldn't change for the world. Oh, completely, completely. And, you know, we, you, you teach in both aspects of your life, in, in the sporting aspect and in in the classroom in, in primary school. I in, and I'd say, I'd say they're all there in St. Mary's National School in Ashburn. They're not doing a tap of work now, Sarah. They're probably all listening. No, they're all listening. So hello, boys and girls. <laughs> Big shout out to all the boys yeah. and girls who are doing not a stop, tap of work there. Not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, talk to me about that side of things like uh, teaching is obviously something that's very much uh, in your blood it's very you're very passionate about it yeah I love teaching I do both in school and taekwondo um, I have second class this year and they're so I love them and um, I also teach taekwondo so I teach four to six year olds again with my sister Jenny and um, oh you must have the patience of a saint Sarah the patience <laughs> of a saint <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes sometimes <laughs> um, but yeah we teach out in River Valley um, in Swords but they also have classes in Ashburn and we have a full time gym out in Ashburn Um so yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's great to have uh, both both sides of your of your life uh, teaching as well. And I would say that the students there must think it's so cool to have a world champion as their teacher. There must have been great excitement as well in the club. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And even in the school, um, they're all watching me on Friday. They were down in the in our hall. They had it up um, on the screen, a big screen in the hall. So, and one of the teachers was sending me on videos of the kids cheering me on, which was so cute to see. And, you know, I'm so lucky that I have a school that's so supportive of, like, you know, my sport. And, you know, it really makes the world of a difference um, when you have people or, like, you know, my principal, my teachers. Um, when they have your back, you know, it just makes my life so much easier. And the kids were so excited. And I have to say just a huge thank you to everyone in St. Mary's National School. Oh, they, they are so, so proud of you. And the great thing about this is when they've seen their teacher in action, kick and butt <laughs> it means that they'll be well behaved and they'll be handing in their homework and everything in on <laughs> yeah. time Sarah they know don't well, mess they with better. don't mess they better now <laughs> absolutely but just to go back to, to River Valley because uh, do you are you taking on new students can people get in touch with you in regards to that yeah 100% um, there's so both in Ashburn or River Valley um, there's websites where you can find you can just look it up River Valley Ashburn Taekwondo um, you can look it up and yep. you can get, get in contact with the contact details there fantastic um, but we cater for all all ages um, starting from four all the way up and actually in Ashburn there's an inclusive class as well oh, amazing you know, for children with all needs so um, yeah it's a fantastic club to be a part of oh that's brilliant to have absolutely uh, so what's next for you will you continue to compete at this level dare I ask it would you follow in Jenny's footsteps and take up the boxing as well I think I'll leave the box with Jenny. She can she can now uh, take that one. But you know the plan is you know I'm on top now. The plan is to keep training and um, stay on top. That's the goal now. Well, listen, a big, big congratulations again. And you really are such an inspiration to, to, to women in sport. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, and thank you so much for taking the time out of class to to join me today. No, thank you for having me on. Thanks thank a million. You. Thank you so much. Uh, what an amazing lady. Sarah Lee Han there. Absolutely fantastic achievement to, to bring home the gold uh, for Ireland in the amazing Taekwondo World Championships that happened there very recently. The 11 to 1 show. Seal a kiss from a rose. Details of our competition on the way. First, it's time for this. 
LMFM Job Search with Local Heroes, backed by Bordgosh Energy. Replace your old inefficient gas boiler with Local Heroes. Visit localheroes.ie. DK Motors requires both qualified mechanics and apprentice mechanics to join their team at Kilberry Cross in Navan, County Meath. You can send your CV to Derek at dkmotors.ie. Assistant farm manager required for immediate start on a dairy farm in Kentstown. You must have experience in dairy farming. This position includes free accommodation on the farm and competitive salary. To apply, please contact 085 Don't forget all the details of those jobs can be found on our local job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search with Local Heroes backed by Bordgosh Energy for gas boilers, heat pumps and electric vehicle charge point installation. Visit localheroes.ie There's Brian Kennedy, a better man on LMFM's 11 to 1. It's competition time. Oh yeah. And I have a great prize up for grabs running on the show offering you a chance to win a weekend for two at the World Matchmaking Festival in Bundoran. It's running from September 29th until October 8th. So we have two nights, bed and breakfast, in the four-star Allingham Arms Hotel. Oh, I can already feel the luxury from that. On the opening weekend of the festival, 29th and 30th of September, we're giving you free admission to any of the shows taking place that weekend as well. So you could be going along to the Tumbling Paddies, Johnny Brady, or maybe Kieran Rosney and David James takes your fancy, or the brilliant ABBA tribute show, ABBA-esque. So all you have to do, as it's about matchmaking, is tell us the couple that I'm describing. So I need the names, please. Loads of people getting it. But this famous acting couple caused a stir at the 20, uh, 2000... Oh my God, I can't speak. 2022 Oscars for all the wrong reasons as the husband of this couple slapped comedian Chris Rock. As he said, it was to defend his wife's honour. Despite the slap, he picked up the Oscar for his role in King Richard. She hasn't done a huge amount of acting in recent times, but she's been concentrating on her really successful online TV show, Red Table Talk. So who are the actors I'm talking about? Name that celebrity couple. Last chance, we're going to be picking another finalist to go into the draw for that fantastic prize very shortly. So get them in to me, 086-1800-658. Oh, that's getting me in the humour for Friday. Floor filler song coming up on tomorrow's show. Ella Henderson with React and Fionn has an absolutely cracking Friday floor filler song planned for tomorrow. Thomas Glynn, you are our finalist for today. It was, of course, Will Smith. And Jada Pinkett Smith that I was describing there. Don't worry, I will have another celebrity for you on tomorrow's show. But Thomas, you're going into the draw for that prize. Uh, all with thanks to the World Matchmaking Festival happening in Bundoran. That is our lot on the show for today. Thank you so much for your company as always. And I'll chat to you again tomorrow. Listen back to the 11 to 1 show podcast on lmfm.ie or the LMFM app. With Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kingscourt. Choose from our huge selection of used Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kingscourt. The best in motoring here for you. Yeah.